and we'll explore it in a minute. I don't know about you, I've, I've really enjoyed Mission Month this year and the speakers that we've had and the encouragement that we've had to uh, not just stay where we are, but to, to do that simple thing of, of crossing the street. <clears throat> you remember back at the start of the, the month, and if you didn't get to see this message, please go back and have a look on YouTube. Scott Pilgrim came and he spoke to us. Then we had Zeke Murley from Open Doors uh, speak to us and give us a real challenge. Um, and then we, last week we had Paul Manning from Baptist World Aid. Um, and he, he shared about our partner country about 450 times in the one, one message. Can anyone remember where, what our partner country was? Bangladesh, Bangladesh. We just sort of started this, this connection with Bangladesh. Um, so uh, if you want to know a little bit more about that, come and speak to me and um, yeah, we can explore that further. That's good. So we've been able to see videos from some of our missionaries as well, from the Prestons, from Wana and Vili, uh, from the Swinnertons, from the Smiths, and we, um, we sort of heard from Alan today in his mission field at Great Rari School, Primary School. It's good to hear from our missionaries, isn't it? It's good to hear what they're up to and to be able to pray for them. So it has been a great mission month. Once again, thank you for engaging with the Wall of Hope, uh, a great way to bless those who are out in the mission field. So it's fantastic. We'll keep that going for another couple of weeks. So if you've got the yellow envelopes, you can still bring them back next week. We're not going to go, don't bring it back. So you can bring them back next week and still put them in the, uh, in the boxes. That's absolutely fine. So as we round off Mission Month today, um, as we've thought through, as we considered those who are overseas and those who are in Australia, uh, we've been encouraged to engage uh, in, in this, this idea of crossing the street our mission field, right where we are, right where we live. And we started with Scott Pilgrim, and and I really was encouraged um, by his message to to get out and cross the street, being being on mission together. And the thing that he said was that God's mission is in the hands of ordinary people. It was an encouragement to me, because we don't have to be extraordinary to cross the street. He looked at Romans 16 and he said there were 27 names in 16 verses that, uh, that were, were moving together on mission, taking God's word to places that had never been taken before. The story of, of Mel, she's a, a young woman who's passionate about life. And she's a, she was a police officer in New South Wales and she recently took a trip of a lifetime. She headed to a country where very few travel. She's gone across the world to a place, a stretch of area known as the Silk Road. Why did she go? Because she believes God was sending her there. She knows she's loved by God. She loves God and she responded to God's call to go. This gracious invitation to go and do something radical. So she obediently, she sacrificially stepped out and responded to that call. She's crossed not just the street, she's crossed the world because she's been sent by the sun. God is already at work in the Silk Road where Mel has gone to. God is already at work in Thailand. God is already at work in your community, in your workplace, in your street. And the invitation is open to us, as it was open to Mel, to step out in faith, 
across the street, across the nation, across the world, sent just like the sun was sent. We're not called to mission alone. We're called to mission in community. Mel doesn't go, didn't go to the Silk Road area by herself. She joins a team of people who are, who are uh, invested into uh, Baptist Mission Australia. She's loved by God. The Spirit is with her. She stepped across the world and into a group of people who are on mission together. And so together as a community here, we are a mission people on mission to Kilsyth South and beyond. Because we know that where God, that God is already at work in and through your workplaces, your universities, your schools, and the sports clubs that you're involved in. We know that God's already at work in the world around us. And to be on mission is to say, yes, I'm willing to partner with God right where God has placed me right now. For Mel, that's the Silk Road. For Alan and Richie Gordon, that's the schools in this area where they make a difference in the lives of the kids that they meet and the teachers that they pray for. For you, it might be your workplace or the street in which you live. But together with God, we're a mission community, a mission people. But we also know that Mel's not the first one to step out across, uh, out of the comfort of her home, of her job. We know that Richard or the Swinnertons or the Dross or the Prestons or the Smiths, they're not the first ones to board a plane and go cross cultural borders. Whether it be school borders or country borders. We know that you or I are not the first ones to grab uh, a, a, a bunch of donuts and take them across the street and chat to your neighbours and offer hospitality. Because we know that God is already at work in the community. We know that God's already done something as well. We know that God's mission had a starting point. We know that God's mission needed more than just you or I. God's mission needed a saviour who could really show us what crossing the street really meant. And in John 1.14, we're reminded of the mission of God, that God sent his very son, part of the Trinity, the very nature of God. God sent him into this world. I love how the message paraphrases, the message version of the Bible paraphrases John 1.14. It says this, The word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. How good is that? God became flesh and blood, became one of us. God leaped out of eternity. He bore flesh and blood. He stepped into the neighborhood. God rubbing shoulders with ordinary individuals making an extraordinary impact on all the people he touched, the people he healed, the people he spoke to. And 2,000 years later, we still see the impact of God's salvation plan, the mission of God in the hands of ordinary people. And we move into our neighbourhoods and we get to know our neighbours and we work alongside our colleagues. We create relationships with the owners of the cafes that we frequent. We catch the bus, we sit beside the same person day after day and we start engaging in the mission of God right where we are. 
However, we don't do this because it's a good idea or because Pete told you that's what you should do. We don't do it because of that. We do it because God's mission is in each of our hands. And God's mission needs our hands and our feet. And so this morning we're going to explore the need for us to be God's hands and God's feet. That we are sent by the Son. That we are loved by the Father. And we are empowered to go by the Spirit. So I want to pray and let's get stuck into the Word. Now God, help us to understand our responsibility to cross the street today. May your Word um, go into not just this room but into the homes of the people watching as well. That we may be people who are sent out, ready for mission, to engage with what you're already doing. We thank you, God. Amen. So firstly, we are sent by the Son. The verses that Jordan read to us today from John chapter 20, we we see the disciples who are trying to make sense of what was going on in, in in their world. They're trying to make sense of the death of their saviour. Yet, with Jesus' death, their idea of the saviour died as well. The kingdom that they had envisaged under Jesus' rule was vastly changed. It was very different to the one that Jesus came to bring. His death sort of seemingly spelt the end of their own kingdom hope. And and as they sit in a room together, fearful of the Jewish leaders, trying to make sense of what this news of the empty tomb that they'd heard, trying to make sense of what a resurrection may even mean. And they're in this locked room. And all of a sudden, they notice a man standing amongst them. And they notice it to be Jesus. And Jesus, he welcomes them with grace. He says, peace be with you. And he extends the challenge then to his disciples in the midst of a mission that that seems totally over to them. He says this, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on him. He breathed his spirit on them. And he said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Imagine being in that room at that stage. Your world's been transformed and all of a sudden Jesus says, As I have been sent, now I am sending you. My mission is now your mission. Jesus was sent by the Father in order that you and I are also sent ones. We are sent like the Son was sent. We're sent into our neighborhoods to cross the street, to be his hands and his feet in the community where we live. Sent to embody the hope of Jesus to those who may have never heard the message of hope before. We're in a culture and a community in a, a space now, more than ever, that people don't know the message of Jesus. How more, much more important is it for us to be sent? It's important to know that we are sent like the sun into that world, the world that needs that hope. It needs to be reconciled to God. That was God's great mission, wasn't it? And it's a mission that we cross the street for. And it's not, it's not our own mission. It's not a personal mission that we've got to strive to achieve this. 
that we'll get a few ticks on the board if we get there. It's nothing to do with our own personal glory. We're not responsible for God's mission. God is responsible, but God allows us, gives us, or invites us to partner with him in his mission. What a privilege that is. God's already at work in your workplace. God's already at work in the cafes. God's already working in and through the streets that we live, in the meal programs that you might be a part of. God is already working in the life of the person that you may encounter tomorrow. Have you ever thought of that? That God is already working in the conversations that you might have through this week. God may bring someone along just this week that needs to connect with you. That he's already been working in. That he already had a conversation three weeks ago with. And he's been sent to you this week. We've got to be ready for that conversation, don't we? That's why 1 Peter 3.15 exhorts us to always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks to give the reason for the hope that you have. Always be prepared. Know why you have hope. God's mission needs us to be alert to what God is doing in and through the world that we live. We must act as sent ones. I think of a courier. They have a job that where they're sent. So they go, they pick up their parcel, and that job is to then deliver that parcel to the intended place, to, the given, to where it's been given. If they don't do the job, the, the person who sends the parcel and the person who receives the parcel, neither of them get the blessing, do they? They don't get the blessing of being, being able to give or to be able to receive. So if we're sent by God with a message to give to somebody, we need to be prepared to do just that. Share a message of hope, of Jesus Christ, with those who God place in our, in our paths. Whether that's the person across the street, whether that's the person in the park, whether that's in the playground, the cafe, the office, or just walking down the road. We are sent like the Son was sent. But secondly, we're also loved by the Father. So we're sent by the son, like the Son. We're loved by the Father. Now we can be confident to bring God's message in this way. Because we know who we are. We know that we are loved by the Father. In Mark chapter 1, we see Jesus being baptized. And as Jesus is baptized, in this action of God, the heavens are torn apart. And the Spirit descends on Jesus. And the voice from the Father came from heaven. You can imagine the this, this scene. You are my Son, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. Imagine that scene. Jesus knew he was sent. But he was sent with the security of knowing that he was loved by his Father. He had the identity sewn into him. His Father's audible voice after his action of obedience in baptism was to say, I love you. You know, straight after Jesus' baptism, he was sent into the wilderness where he was tested. 
And we can imagine it. We don't, no one likes wilderness times. No one likes it when it's a dry spell for us. But Jesus was sent. But Jesus could go into this trial time, into this space, confident in who he was because he knew he was loved by the Father. I remember an analogy that, about God's love um, that Rob Corley used to share with us. He would speak of his first granddaughter, and he would always speak fondly of her. And he said, if we live near a freeway, and my little granddaughter started heading for the freeway, do you think I would just let her run out into the freeway? Of course not. Before danger got too severe, I would go and turn to my granddaughter and lead her back to safety. His granddaughter could confidently wander around as long as she stayed in sight of Grandpa, she was safe. She was confident that a grandfather's love was going to keep her, direct her to the space of safety. And we too, when we step out in mission, when we cross the street, we can be confident that our Father in Heaven is guiding us, is leading us, is giving us the words that we need, is taking us away from any potholes. There are a lot of potholes on the road at the moment, aren't there? I saw a car just about falling one the other day. There are a lot of potholes on the road, a lot of uh, tyres being broken. <laughs> but we can be confident from the love of the Father that we can be steered away. It's so important that we overlay this onto our lives as disciples partnering with Christ, understanding our identity in Him. The very reminded that we are loved by the Father. In a world that demands so much from us, we can be pulled in every direction by even the, the smallest thing or the temptations that are around. We can be pulled left, right and centre. But in those times, remember, God loves you. When your identity is confronted with voices that tell you, you're not good, or you can't do that, or you want to share your faith, you want to cross the street, no, they're not going to accept you. Or you're, you're really not good enough to be a, a real Christian or a missionary. Don't listen to that voice. Listen to the voice that encouraged Jesus. You are my son, with whom I am well pleased. When you have to make choices that have the propensity to drag you deep into the world, choices that, that maybe look great on the outside, power and success how we handle money, battles that come across every day, what we watch on social media or in the, in the, on the internet. When we have to make choices about what we do, right or wrong, we can always come back to the love of the Father. God has sent us out into the world to cross the street. But I wonder what are some of the voices that are holding you back? What are some of the voices that stop you from taking that first step? What are, the, what are the fears that lie within you? What are the rejections that you've faced in the past that you think, I can't do this anymore? I want you to know that first and foremost, your identity is one of love. You are loved of the Father. But you're also empowered by the Holy Spirit. So we're sent by the Son, loved by the Father, and we're empowered to go by the Spirit. 
We are people of the Spirit. In Zechariah 4.6 it says, Not by my, not my might nor my power, but my Spirit, says the Lord Almighty. It's through the power of the Spirit that we can partner with God on mission. Jesus in his baptism not only understood his identity to be through the, the love of his Father, he was also empowered, enabled by the Spirit as the Spirit descended upon him. Then we see him taken out into this wilderness. Jesus didn't just head out aimlessly, oh, well, this all happened, this was pretty good, and just aimlessly head out. Mark 1, verse 12, actually tells us at once, the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness. The Spirit sent him out into the wilderness. Not his father, not any of his friends, not John the Baptist. It was his Spirit that led him out. Jesus could, know, could go into that wilderness knowing he was loved by the Father. He knew his identity. Knowing that he'd be empowered by the Spirit. He knew his certainty. Through this month, we've been blessed to see the videos from our missionaries. Uh, they're in various parts of the world. But I think of the Dross, and they live in Yellowknife in northern Canada. If you've never checked that out, Google it. <laughs> It's a tough place to live. Faithfully serving God in a part of the world that so many wouldn't step foot in for fear of sinking deep in the snow or living in darkness for six months of the year. Yet they heard a call. And that call wasn't just a good idea or an interesting thought. It was a call of God. And the Spirit led them to this remote place. A remote place where they've been serving the people there faithfully for many, many years. Before we cross the street to see our neighbour, to take them a cake or to mow their lawns or, or to help them with a, an issue that they're struggling through, you can be assured that you are sent by Jesus, that you are loved by the Father and that you are empowered by the Spirit to participate in God's mission right where you are. So what are you to do? If we're sent like Jesus, loved by the Father, empowered by the Spirit, what does it mean for you today? What does it mean for you online? What does it mean for you to live in your neighborhood and be the presence of Christ in there? We've got the mission of God in the hands of ordinary people, that's us. So let's make an extraordinary impact in the communities that we serve. Our connect group, we meet on a Saturday. Um, we started discussing uh, with our, our kids, and um, there's, there's three families with our kids. We started, started discussing ways in which we might put legs on mission. We chatted about going and serving at a food bank and getting the kids involved in something like that. Getting out into community in some way. We even talked about taking the, uh, the van once it's all ready um, and decked out to go out into our streetscapes and, and just park it in a street. I don't know what permits would tell us to do, but we'll work that out. Park it in a street and just say to our street, hey, we want to buy you coffee and bring community together. How good would that be? That engages our kids in mission. Why would we do that? Because God's mission demands that we make an impact in our world. We participate with God in the kingdom advancement. Teaching our kids what it's like to cross the street. You might want to consider in your connect group how you might take the mission of God 
in your hands to do something extraordinary with it. And when you think of it, or if if you're not in a connect group, you might find one or two people around you and say, hey, how could we do this? How could we take the mission of God into the communities that we live? How could we partner together on mission to do something extraordinary for the kingdom of God? And once you do something, once you think of something, don't just get excited about it. Tell others. Tell us about it. Tell the pastors about it. Because as we hear the story of God's people being sent, being loved by God, being empowered by the Holy Spirit, others will be encouraged to do that as well. Others will be encouraged to get out of their houses and cross the street, to do something to make an impact for the kingdom here in Kilsyth South, in your streetscape, in your workplaces, in the schools, wherever you may be. My hope is that through this Missions Month, that your eyes and your heart have been opened to God's mission right where you are, that you will be willing to cross the street being having God's mission within the ordinary person. Let's pray. Our Lord and God, we give you thanks and praise that you are good, that God, um, you, you, you use us, and we humbly give you thanks that, that you, you could do all things without us, yet you still say, come with me. We give you thanks that we have the opportunity to impact the world for you. <laughs> that God, in and through our daily lives, as we connect with people, as we seek your spirit leading us, may we be prepared to give an answer for the hope that we have. And God, as we bump into others, as we meet them, may we know that you are providing us opportunities to share your love with them. So in all our spaces, may we not be blind to your mission, but may we be open each day to being utilised by you, sent by the Son, loved by God, and filled with the Spirit. We give you thanks and praise. In Jesus' name. Amen.